Welcome to Interverse Podcast. My name is Chance and I'm your host and today I'm talking to Nathan Crabtree. Who is that you might ask? Well, I didn't know Nathan either until I ran into him at the rock climbing gym a little while back and we immediately hit it off so quickly just talking about topics like freedom and consciousness and hmm, the occult. That's where things get weird, right? A lot of us don't even like to look into or think about things like that. It's like you have conspiracy theories and then you have people that are into magic and the occult. And it's like somehow lower lung on the ladder. I mean, I don't think that, but maybe to our society at large, it's like a super taboo topic. You want to know why that is? Well, it's probably because people that have ancient knowledge about that kind of thing and how it relates to human psychology and how you could possibly manipulate other people, those those uh, people might be using it to manipulate other people who don't have the knowledge. Anyway, we go far and wide on topics ranging from conspiracies to the occult to just getting healthier and having a better life experience. And we have a good conversation here. It's fun. We, we did it off quickly. We're good pals super fast. Nathan is already starting his own podcast you should check out. I'll be linking that here in the episode notes. Uh, it's called Nathan's Freedom Zone. And unlike me, he can just talk by himself like for a long time. I struggled to do like a couple minutes of intro here. It's weird talking to yourself. I don't know. I never feel fully authentic because there's not another person sitting there. But I feel pretty authentic right now. What does authentic even mean? I don't know. But I love you guys. Thank you for checking out the show. I'd also like to point out that you're listening to Moonfrog right now. He has a new album out, and I am featuring a few songs off of it here in the intro and at the end of the podcast. Please go check out his music on SoundCloud, or better yet, support and maybe buy a song on Bandcamp or the whole album. It's really, really cool. Uh, It chills you out, just brings you into a centered place if you let yourself be in the moment with his music. I really appreciate you letting me feature some tracks here on this here podcast here episode here all right so without keeping you guys on this intro much longer i'll go ahead and jump over to the episode with nathan remember to check the episode notes for things like the link to patreon where you can support the show in fact the only way the show gets any support and links to a lot of the podcasts we're talking about and speakers we're talking about like seven bomar secretenergy.com uh, Mark Passio whatonearthishappening.com and Jay Parker I'm not familiar with his work but uh, he gets brought up in this conversation and so I'm probably going to look into what he's doing too anyway with any of this stuff if you do still go check it out I recommend just be courageous and take with you as much self-awareness as you can as you examine any knowledge that someone would call spiritual knowledge because you always want to examine anything that you learn against your own self and make sure it resonates with what you know to be true in your heart because our consciences all are there for that exact reason. Anyway, thanks for listening. I would like it if you told a friend about the podcast or something like that. I'd like to hear from you guys if you have any guests you want to hear on the show or if you want to be on the show. And... Um, so here we go. It's spring now. I'm making kombucha for the first time, by the way. Me and Haley started our first batch. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. 
I don't know if there's much else to update you on. I've been putting new stuff on Patreon, though. Art, things like that. Would love it if you checked it out and put some comments on it and tell me what you think. Or don't. No big deal. I'm going to keep making art. All right. Love you guys. Let's get on to talking to Nathan Crabtree. Open your heart, your third eye, and give Nathan Crabtree a big old super happy welcome. What's up, dude? Oh, thanks a lot, Chance. It's great to be here. Me and Chance just met uh, last night. Actually, we were at the rock climbing gym. The second guest for the show that came from the rock climbing gym. <laughs> Probably, definitely not the last. Yeah, what's the name of that place? Uh, Zenith. Zenith in Springfield, Missouri. That's excellent climbing gym. Yeah, if you're looking for a good way to work out, go to Zenith. Yeah, pretty free and open environment, so just kind of chill. Seems to have good feng shui. Very good. Uh, Everything's going pretty well there. Uh, I'm impressed. I only found that a week ago, and I already met Chance. (laughs) Yeah, he hangs out there a lot. Yeah, I'm there like five days a week at least. That's good. I don't climb that many days a week because I was doing it for a while, and I, I was getting pretty far, but it was starting to hurt, and I think you need... Maybe a little more rest with climbing because it's such a strain on tendons, but I don't um, know. Good tip. Yeah. I don't want to overwork it. You're right. <laughs> if it hurts, chill. <laughs> don't sure. hurt yourself. Yeah. Because that's the body talking to you. You got your whole life to get good. You don't have to, you know, no rush. Yeah. And I think it's even uh, one thing that causes people to rush is they think they're going to lose, lose it. But to an extent, you do lose a little bit of muscle density and strength if you quit working out, but your body does actually. In my opinion, it kind of like catches back up to where it was pretty fast and easily. Um, cause you know, there's like old man strength, right? Right. And you start taking crazy supplements. Uh, I'm on this one with the Native American group that I hang out with. It's called Shiaga and it boosts like the immune system and it activates stem cells. It does all this crazy stuff, but activates stem cells. Yeah. That's what they say. They said it activates stem cells. So that's why you recover faster. It's because if you do a muscular exercise or go running, stem cells will come help rebuild everything. And it really seems to work to me. Wow. It definitely seems to work. I've been on it like three months almost, probably four months. How uh, cost effective is it to be on it regularly? Well, it costs $55 per bottle. Yeah. And uh, how long does a bottle go for? Well, as long as you want. I think they recommend a month for the bottle. Okay. Yeah, it's a dropper. and. I probably go through it faster though. 
I mean, it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but cheap things aren't usually the best things in the world. I've paid yeah. more than I've paid more than that for a month's supply well, of certain supplements. You know, if you're gonna spend money happy. on something, you want it to work. Yeah. And not be a gimmick. And I really don't think that this one's a gimmick. I have this other one that's called Thrive On. And it's got adaptogens in it. Yeah. And it's got this maca powder and ashwagandha and goji berry extracts. And the extract process is special. But what it does is it gives you focus and it also gives you adaptogenic. I don't think, I don't know if it's with the stem cells or not, but uh, it works really well. So to define an adaptogen with my bro science education, adaptogenic, like mushrooms, for example, are things that can have a different effect on your uh, system depending on basically what the mushroom deems is good for you at that time. Is yeah. Sure? Like well, the stress, do- the ones, the way this one works is that you get stressed out, however it is physically or mentally. And the adaptogen will help, uh, combat that stress with extra strength and pro- uh, gives you the focus to and the endurance. But so the effects can kind of vary depending on what symptoms you need to address with adaptogens, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they work on everything. It seems yeah. they work really good for recovery again for exercise. So I've been on both of those. I use it actually as a study aid for my school. So, um, anytime. So how's that, to, how's that compared to like Adderall? <laughs> well, I did try Adderall uh, quite a few times, probably legal speed, basically. Well, Adderall is toxic and this is non-toxic. Uh, so I, there you go. I, you want me to tell you my Adderall story? Cause yeah, go ahead. this is how, this is why I'm sure the Adderall is basically meth. <laughs> well, because, it is meth. Yeah, I mean, it is Absolutely. basically meth. Uh, the one I, time I did Adderall back, allegedly one time I did Adderall without a prescription back in college. Yeah. During my capstone class uh, for English. And I got some because I was supposed to do a, like some huge video project, essentially. And I never even edited a video together before, which as it turns out, I was able to pull it off and uh, get a decent grade. But I got this Adderall to help me do this project over a weekend and stay up and focus and all that. Well, the same weekend Skyrim, the elder scrolls video <laughs> game came out, which I'm pretty sure is like a household name for people in our generation. It's not like everyone knows somebody that got afflicted by Skyrim. It's kind of like, wow, or something in that regard. So you got distracted, huh? Well, I was like, okay, I'm going to just take this stuff. I've never done it before. I'm going to see how long it takes to kick in while I'm playing a little bit of Skyrim. And that was my plan. And then 48 hours later, I was out of Adderall. I was mm-hmm. still awake. I was level 40 something in Skyrim. I had one of the, didn't do any of the project. <laughs> I had just been like, I live next door to Burger King and I was just walking next door to the Burger King and getting, uh, like cinnamon roll things and then coming back and drinking coffee and eating more Adderall and playing Skyrim. It was actually a super fun binge, but good God, it had big effects on my health well, right away. And, uh, yeah, not good. I'm sure you had some sort of hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My lips were all dry and peeling. My eyes were all right, bloodshot. Right. My Your skin teeth was pale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was not good. I, I actually participated in rat studies with scientists where they uh, overdose the animals on drugs and then they harvest their blood and test them. And amphetamines is the drug that we harvested. And it has all these different changes to like gene expression and, uh, proteins in the blood and it damages organs and then that releases stuff in the blood and so they harvest the blood and measured everything it did but 
the bad side of that experiment is that you get natural law consequences whenever you do an experiment like that, even if it's in the name of science, because a bunch of animals had to be tortured and killed in order to do an experiment like that. And the federal government uh, paid for it. So tax dollars are going to animals being tortured with drug overdoses. And sometimes they... they Which means we're all karmically connected to that. Everybody, everything in this field is karmically connected. So the fact that this is going on uh, poisons the information field. And then the fact that there's animals that people eat for dinner that come from these hor horrific environments that are basically concentration camps yeah. for animals, even worse than, than that because they're being farmed and they want to make sure that they're alive the whole time. They don't just let them die. That's poisoning the information field. Uh, all of the pedophile stuff going on with the uh, international pizza gate and everything that's been going on for millennia. I don't know. It's been going on forever. The, Dr. the Greeks Cole, were doing it. They were. Well, the dark occult, uh, they do this on purpose and they want the information field as negative as they can make it because what they're trying to create here is a prison where they rule everything. And everybody else is their slave and they want to be God on earth. It's similar to Satan in the Bible. How I'm with you on all this, but maybe we should back up a few oh, yeah. steps. Yeah. Explain natural law. We can, yeah. we can start with explaining natural law. We can then move into a little bit more Excellent. explanation of the dark occult. And I would also appreciate going back more with your background and talking about what got you into those experiments and a little bit more about what you learned about oh, okay, cool. substance effects. Excellent. So, I mean, I'll just let you go, but, uh, I want to, I'm, I may jump in to try to like say, Hey, Hey, back it up and explain this more. Yeah, <laughs> but otherwise, we made a lot of jumps there. Yeah, exactly. Real quick. And I, and I'm with you on all those, but I want to keep everybody else with us on, yeah. on this particular. That's would be very helpful because whenever you hear crazy claims like that, you know, you kind of wonder where the information comes from and, uh, the, you know, the mainstream media will lame it, uh, label it a conspiracy theory, and that deters people who don't have time to look into it or the willpower. Yeah, it does take a, it takes a certain degree of, honestly, it takes a degree of bravery to look at some of the stuff going on because, um, if you don't have a strong internal balance or stronger than the average person in our current culture anyway, even yeah. just looking into certain aspects of what's going on in the reality just will like um, polarize you and cause damage or corruption to your spirit. So like if you can't stay grounded while you're even encountering this stuff, then you can go off the deep end with it. Well, of course it's uh well, Jay Parker, he has a podcast called the center path and a matrix warriors podcast. He's from the Philadelphia free your mind group. But the way he puts it is, you know, look at the dark side whenever you can. And but don't don't think you have to gargle with sewage forever because it'll make you sick. And, you know, you got to have a little break to process what you see, especially when you get into the way the earth is being poisoned and how we're all being affected by it. I mean, there's a reason people don't want to look at that. But well, it's it's not as fun as watching cartoons. Well, actually, you know, when you take the plunge and. It actually becomes more fun because your life gets more interesting. Exactly. You get spiritually rewarded for doing something, that kind of work. It's called the shadow work and it's about getting more knowledge and information about what's going on around you because then you can get to the root causes of what is creating that reality. 
And only if you understand the root causes of what's creating reality are you having the power to actually change the reality and to co-create an unpositive, uh, spiritually uplifting, and the way to get to the heaven dimension, basically. So that also constitutes um, the natural law that you touched on earlier. Right, yes. Natural law is a... Uh, it's not really a belief system or anything like that, but... It's, it's basically a spiritual science. Right. It's obser- observing the way the reality works uh, with the intent of becoming the magician who can consciously create whatever they want. And you're not going to build a spaceship without knowing anything about physics or electromagnetism. And in the same way, you're not going to get to the heaven dimension where everything's good again without know- understanding how to get there according to the laws of morality and spirituality and the laws that govern the consequences of your behavioral choices. So, and this goes even deeper to the mental consequences, not just, you know, actions, but your thoughts have effect on the field and the feelings that you carry affect the field. And all of this works together to project you into wherever you're trying to go, which for most people, uh, they've suffered enough to the degree where they know something's wrong and that they're trying to actively benefit their own karma, make their life better. and a lot of times they might be too afraid to look into stuff, but if you just give them a little bit of hints here and there and don't be afraid to take the words into your own consciousness and repeat them yourself, because a lot of times you can recommend somebody get on and listen to Chance's podcast or to listen to Mark Passio's podcast or Jay Parker because the information is so good. And then they're just like, oh, I don't like podcasts. I don't have time. It's like, OK, well, see, this is when you want to use your own voice. And repeat it so that they, you know, you know they heard it. Well, this, to interrupt, this is actually why my show in particular is not only about this type of information strictly. Because I found that the way that I encountered this information in my experience was actually through cultivating, nurturing my own creative spirit, following the things that I was passionate about and interested in. And that led me to... Uh, create several new skill sets in my life, in my daily life, things that I just did for fun until those things kind of converged into all the skills necessary to do this show. But a lot of the information that I was able to change my life with came from podcasts that were really more targeted to people on an entertainment level, but actually did contain lots of good life-changing information. I guess what I'm saying is for some people, Incremental step for most of us, really incremental steps are really the, the way that the path works. So if you have someone that you would like to expose to the type of information we're talking about in this particular conversation or Mark Passio or something like that, maybe give them some gateway podcasts. I, I would say like find, like help them find some podcasts that are more geared towards what whatever they happen to be interested in as a person that doesn't necessarily have a spiritual bent. Because if you find the right information funnel, even if it's about like working on motorcycles or something, if the people that are doing it are authentic, then the spirit will come through and it will lead them a step further on the path. And it doesn't matter how fast we go. It's just that we're going and that we're going together. Well, I do that with my Facebook page. I, mix in a few of that sewage that Jay Parker was talking about, you know, so people see it because they can't unsee it. But I mix it in with all this good stuff that's really uplifting because then, you know, they're, they're getting both good and then the problems that need, you know, attention. 
And so it's a mix. And then, you know, they really like all the art or uh, put, put good music on there. I posted some Pantera on there today, their live album. And, and then you just occasionally throw in like, oh, hey, uh, if you want to fix taxation, there's an easy way to do it. You just say no. And then, you know, you don't have to have taxation anymore. Because huh. a lot of people don't like taxes. But it's like, well, why, what do we do? Vote for somebody? Wait, you think Donald Trump's going to take all the taxes away? It's like, no, that's not quite getting there. <laughs> According to Alex Jones, I heard Alex Jones say that Donald Trump has a tax plan that essentially involves the 25% lowest taxpayers in the bracket no longer having to pay taxes. Well, the more people not paying taxes, better. So. Exactly. <laughs> According to Alex Jones, people in that bracket will get to send a form to the IRS that says, I win and yeah. not pay taxes. <laughs> you know what else he needs to do? He needs to abolish the Federal Reserve and get rid of property close, tax. Close the CIA. He should close, close the, the CIA. CIA. You know, cut military funding, which I don't think he did the military funding. I think he increased military funding. Hmm. I, I am still, I'm not, I'm not about killing people or being in a military, but I am about, hmm, I do think that there are people that have been basically created by the situation that could do a lot of harm if there wasn't some deterrent. So I don't well, know. Yeah, yeah. So the deterrent. Where are you at on that? Yeah. Well, according to the Second Amendment and the Constitution, not that the Constitution matters because it doesn't, but the Second Amendment says that the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed upon because, uh, and the militia is a right of the people. And what the militia is, is every individual capable of bearing arms that is cares about freedom and wants to protect the rights and protect the community. That's what the militia is. And the government revisionists that write all the textbooks and everything, they, they've revisioned this into, uh, the national, the national guard is the militia. They want to tell people that's what the militia is because we're in charge of everything. And of course, you know, we're coming for your guns because only, only home defense is the only viable scenario where you would ever need to use a gun. You would never need to use a gun to uh, defend yourself against the system, of course. Uh, why else would we be making the rules? I think we want you to just come and, uh, you know, stand up to our enforcers and care about yourself. Is that what you want? <laughs> so that's what I want. Yeah. No, sovereignty is what we want. Sovereignty, right. In order to have sovereignty, you have to take responsibility. This is part of natural law. Is You're not going to be free without starting to take responsibility for your surroundings and getting the truth out there to other people. That's taking responsibility because this is a team effort and none of us by ourselves can just physically stand up to the government and get away with it, it seems, at this point. Maybe, uh, maybe Jesus could, you know, I'm not going to put people in a box. Maybe I'll be the one who stands up. We all have to stand up together, man. It's true. The more, the more numbers that do it, the better, but it takes courage to be one of those first pegs that get loose. That has to have the hammer. Maybe, maybe not, you, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years and I never heard anything. The, I actually talked to a cop the other day, a couple of weeks ago. And I told her that, uh, you know, Y'all are traitors to humanity and it's your life that's on the line. And if you want to get out, now's the time because shit's about to get real, real, perhaps. And I wouldn't want to be in your shoes in this situation. See, my, <laughs> my perspective, though, brother, is that <clears throat> there have got to be people waking up inside those organizations. Right. There has to be. And or else we're in a big mess. Right. So... <laughs> 
any, any, yeah, we'd be in a really big mess. Not that we aren't already, but uh, I think that <laughs> I think we're already crossing the threshold or have crossed the threshold where if somehow some order from the shadow government comes through that is to set up martial law and start putting people in camps or exterminating people that are on certain lists, mm-hmm. lists that you and I are probably on. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't like to think that I'm on the list. I I'm think totally they're so the incompetent that they're like, oh, they put all the wrong people on a list. They're like, Oh, you searched for pressure cooker bomb on the internet. Now you're on the list, but they don't even do that. I but anyway, you I don't lazy. think, I don't think that anyone, I don't think enough of, uh, people are brainwashed enough, right? I don't think the zombies have control right now. I think that the zombies are the minority. Well, they're destroying themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're, you're right. You know, as a light worker, you just do your thing. And if you ever have to stand up for yourself, that's a right and you should do it if you want to get into that better dimension, but. Uh, the people who are choosing willfully to be a zombie are getting exactly what they are asking for from the field. Yeah. And at some point it's up to them. And, you know, you just got to relax and be like, well, I did what I could. I told them, you know, that's what am I going to do? Force them to learn. That doesn't even work that way. <laughs> no, um, you can only the only way to teach anybody anything is by doing it yourself in a way that is um, open and authentic. It's true. And you then know. they can see you doing it because also, honestly, you have to, for the most part, you have to accept the model that the other person's in is valid too. Because in any conversation you have with somebody, if you're trying to tell them that their way of life is wrong or their way of thinking is wrong, even if you can make every logical point in the book as to why that's true, they'll probably still resist you. Well, it depends on the size of the person's ego and... Uh, whether or not they choose or care to care about choose truth and care about themselves. But even the largest egoed person, you can kind of deflate the uh, polarity if you just accept with love and kindness their viewpoint as having validity and yeah. then um, makes them not necessarily guaranteed to change their mind, but they are much more likely to at least give you the same respect back. That's even true. if they are a pretty like blockheaded person. I've, ex- right. I've experienced it with some directness with uh in my lifetime, just like being in a confrontational energy with somebody over an idea that even they're the one pushing the confrontation, trying to tell me I'm wrong and me just going, there's truth to what you say. <laughs> and then the, boom, it, it diffuses. Well, you know, the, the viewpoint didn't just arise out of nowhere. It, you know, we've all been programmed a certain way by the system. Some of us have bad parents. Some of us have better parents. Uh, if you have the right upbringing and you get exposed to knowledge early, of course, you're going to be further along than the people who didn't have all those advantages. And I don't know how it works outside of the field of Earth, like whether or not you choose to come into a specific body at a specific time, knowing exactly how your entire life is going to be. Might not work that way, but what do I know? It's probably a little of that and a little of uh, a little of random chance and a little free will all mixed together, if you ask me. Yeah. Because I've had enough, I've had certain things happen in my life where I guess there's like these juncture points in your life that you set up in advance as potentialities, opportunities that you knew would be there in that lifetime. And you either take, you either put yourself in the position to take the opportunities that are available based on your particular set of blessings and your incarnation, or you don't. And that creates these branching paths in your life. But even if you, don't take the opportunity to uh, to add something to your toolkit or to your expression in one part of your life. 
you will get multiple chances to reignite that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And you don't ever want to assume that you already know everything because there's infinite amount of things to learn and you can always keep looking. And for the natural law thing, you can put it into these short little phrases, but then, you know, you get into the practice and you're starting to observe natural law and you realize, well, there's all these little subtleties that nobody ever tells you about it. And I've actually discovered new parts of it that I never heard from my favorite teachers, Mark Passio on the internet and everything. Cause like, you are the teacher too, man. Yeah. We are all on the cutting the cutting edge of the present moment, like yeah. the exact, the exact now that we are having this conversation and the exact now that you're listening to this conversation constitutes the full culmination of the experience and, um, you know, cultural neural pathway of humanity. You are literally our best hope. <laughs> You're the best thing we've got. You listening right now. <laughs> right. It's literally the, the best only thing you've got, you know, well, all of us are in it together. So like, what else is going to do? It? We've been programmed to think we are so much weaker than we are, but in reality, literally you are the most advanced humanity that has ever existed to this point on planet earth. Now, whether or not there's cycles in the past where that's where we've been sur surpassed by what we're doing on this, I think maybe the people that get beyond where we're at right now kind of go out of the history bubble in the first place. So like we could be essentially on the edge of, uh, yeah. Something well, huge. there's higher dimensions, and I guarantee you the good version of Earth. David Icke talks about this some. There being different versions of Earth, and right now we're in a version on the spectrum that's a little bit distorted. There's a certain amount of distortion and evil and violence here. And then there's higher versions of this thing. I don't know. Somewhere. You can get into them. All you have to do is make the right choices and think the right way. And you'll go into these better ones where there's less violence and less everything. That's where we're on our way right now because both of us have already switched on and we're starting to take action and put the message back out there because everyone has their own niche of where their listeners are going to be and how who resonates with who. Mark Passio is one of my favorites, but I noticed that most people don't resonate that well with him sometimes. A lot That's of people why we need I, a lot of messengers. I wouldn't say most people because there's, he's got a lot of, he's done a lot of great work up in Philadelphia. He's got a free your mind conference where he's, you know, I think there's 600 people already signed up. That's cool. Yeah. So a lot of people do definitely resonate with him. I resonate with him extremely well. And sometimes, you know, it's not that they're not resonating. It's just that their mind is so in the box that they don't even want to hear it. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, that's why, again, that's why I believe in like gateway information. If you, uh, because I think anyone that's living their authentic, true soul's expression, even if it's something that's not quite like what you consider light work, I think all of that does constitute light work because it is the expression of the same thing. If we all are coming from a shared oversoul, a shared higher, uh, higher humanity in a sense that is united then you know your your ability to tap into that thing constitutes your ability to desire um something uniquely yours uniquely your expression even if that is even if that is something that doesn't seem anything beyond a mundane thing if you go into your purpose your role your dharma whatever with complete certainty I think that's actually how you travel the multiplicity of earths and get to like earth prime. If you want to use that as a way of describing it, the thing you're talking about with David, I I've intuited a similar concept that 
whenever you are uncertain about your path, about yourself, don't have confidence, you can create these branching reality tunnels and, you know, following your own truth, expressing your own truth, expressing your higher self. You're do, whenever you do that, there's no like iffiness about it. It's a knowing. So it doesn't create uncertainty. It doesn't create these branching realities. So it leads you the more certain you can be in your path, you get closer and closer to the true earth or truth itself, true life. Yeah. Yeah. It's called taking control of your own destiny and your own future and getting on the plane of causality and off of the plane of effects where you're reacting to everything, becoming the cause and getting in touch with the source and bringing in whatever it is that you're trying to bring in here. You just put it in the field like I, I want a bunch of healthy food. So I just planted a, a seeds for like a whole month and it's rained a bunch in the last weekend. And I knew I knew the field wouldn't kill it because I started it a month and a half ago and it was supposed to be, you know, 18 degrees last night. But I was like, no, that ain't going to happen. They're, they're, they just don't know that it's not going to happen because I have been knowing for the last month and a half that spring was here. And I know the field doesn't want to kill all the plants. That's not what Earth wants to do. So they said it was going to be 18. I was like, no. I think my confidence maybe contributed to it being, it was like 27 or something in the middle of the night for a few, for maybe an hour. I don't know. All the plants survived though. So I got a head start on the garden. Uh, I'm going to juice a lot of them. I planted greens and you juice greens the right way. It's called Gerson therapy and it's a cure for cancer. So I'm actually trying to have negative cancer where not only do you not have cancer, but you get everything going right in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-cancer. Yeah. That's the name of this episode. Anti-cancer. Yeah. It's just, Nathan Crabtree. <laughs> instead of cancer, uh, all of your body parts just get better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think I've gotten rid of all the cancer quite yet, but I definitely, I've, I've intuited cancer in my body and removed it with before. I don't oh, think yeah. I want to go into that though. I'd rather talk about you and your background more. Sure. Uh, one time I got cancer out. That was at one of those uh, ceremonies with the uh, peyote drug. Man, it found this emotional lump of cancer in my astral body. Big black thing. All of this pure hatred and bile and bad emotions and depression. It found it after having it and it, it, it the peyote found yeah, it. Yeah, it found it in my astral body. And I was like, Hey, you, you got this big cancer here. I think we should take care of it. <laughs> and for about an hour, I felt all of this kind of hatred and just sadness. I felt it really intensely and I just laid there for about an hour. And then after that, it was like it was gone forever. And I felt great. Not weird. That's so cool. During the experience where you, basically aware that you were feeling it because you were excising it or was it like, fuck, this is so heavy shit. This is horrible. Or was it a little of both? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It was just a burden that I had been carrying be it from all of the subconscious negative programming and experiences when you grow up and you have bad experiences that you refuse to look at and actually feel fully. They just get in your subconscious. And it's like, I've been working with these ceremonies for, probably a year, like 10 times in a year. And it's like, it's gotten so much out of me that I, every time I'm like, well, hopefully that was it. But then there's so, such big pile of trash in my subconscious that it's like, well, no, it, it gets the stuff off the top. And then that other stuff bubbles up 
and then it gets all that out and then you come back and it's like, oh, I've got a little bit more. There's yeah. just more. But I think I've got the majority of it out and I've turned the corner. I don't know how much there is. Like probably an infinite amount. Like the closer you get to God. I ain't even started digging yet. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you no, don't. I have, I guess. The first time I did psilocybin, I recalled uh, a traumatic event from being four years old that I had completely blocked out. So Holy like, crap. yeah, I mean, like <laughs> that's it's pot, like, like these plant medicines are. Oh yeah. Same with marijuana. Amazing. Like, marijuana is not as intense, but it works on you. Con- oh, especially eat you- some marijuana and tell me it's not as intense. <laughs> yeah, it is. You can uh, get real far. When out. I was though, what, what woke me up really, what started was after high school, I started to get into marijuana and I was like, you know, people will kill you for having marijuana. They will. The police are doing it. And I was like, why, why is this thing so messed up? It's the only thing that helps me. And I do it every day because, you know, it was, it was part of my path, my karma. Did it every day and it was great. And now we've awesome. changed the field because uh, we've, we've changed the field and the whole like, cultural attitude towards it is changing. Yeah. And eventually you grow out of it. And I was like, well, now I don't do it every day because it screws up my energy and I just do it, uh, you know, once a month or something. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's an interesting medicine because as George Carlin once said, it begins to suggest its own disuse after a point. Does it really? Did he say that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a direct quote, I think, or pretty yeah. close. Yeah. I think that is how it works. I, I had my, share with it and it helped me a lot and I still have it here and there because I know it can benefit people. It cures cancer for God's sake. <laughs> uh, it, cured, it cured me of a lot of things. I, whenever I started it, I started losing a ton of weight, basically just getting rid of the stress that I was under. Yeah. It, it, people lose weight. They do. I lost they, so much weight. I was eating Domino's pizza most of my meals and I lost weight. No way. Well, yeah, it speeds your metabolism up. It and changed it me It makes completely. it easier to exercise. Yep. It'll make you want to exercise. I also learned to meditate the same time that I encountered cannabis, though. So I think those things definitely synergize because if I had had just the one and not the other, I don't know that it would have gone quite it, as it positive. It motivates people. It's like everything they told you about it is actually the exact opposite. It's true. <laughs> It's just when you burn out. I think it's just time. like any of the other, um, any other psychoactive substance because like you can do a, a psychedelic and, and use it in an inverted direction. So including, including cannabis. You're right. And I, I like part of the culture that's been, uh, part, part of the stigma culture that is actually truly enculturated into the plant is like, Sitting and playing video games and getting really high, or yeah. sitting and uh, who wrote this program? And uh, <laughs> oh, and the fact that it's such a powerful generator of like feminine sexual energy that you can easily get lost in a tornado if you're uh, susceptible to that point. Well, that would be brain damaging. And uh, the thing about marijuana is it has brain damaging. Yeah, is it really? Well, if you were to uh, have a lot of pornography, is that what you meant? Uh, yeah, with cannabis. Yeah, but it's just pornography by itself is brain damaging. Oh, man, we should go into that. Well, it caused me to, my entire life got screwed up because, uh, you know, getting on the system, you have that. It gets you early sometimes, especially if you're a guy. Really? I don't early. know how it is for girls, but if you're a guy, I, t- I've I think met. girls have got just as susceptible at this well, point. Well, they have. I've, I heard from them and I was like, what? You, you were addicted to that too for a while? I was like, oh, shit. It's like probably everybody. Mess, mess me up. What it does is it, um, your sexual system for a man is actually worse on a cycle and it's similar to women, but the cycles probably depends on your level of willpower. And if you're, 
PMOing, which is called porn masturbation orgasm, on a regular basis, what will happen is you'll lose your sexual charge. Because every time you do that, the charge discharges. And if you start doing that every day, you're not ever going to build up a gigantic charge, which is what you can, you know, you have the ability to do compared to doing that every day. If you just go a week or so and then do it, you're going to have way, way more masculine energy and it'll manifest in every aspect of your life. So it's almost like they knew this ahead of time and they just pumped it out. You know, whoever the Jews are or the zeitgeist people, I don't know what they, what to call them. See, don't get hung up on labels whenever you hear stuff like this because People sometimes say things that other people don't resonate with, but it's just because of the label. It's like, well, I don't like that word, and you're saying it wrong, so I'm never going to listen to you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in reality, we should just be able to put ourselves on the shelf and take on other people's viewpoints without judgment, uh, and then then see what resonates yeah. without without judging what doesn't resonate. Right. You see, you understand the trivium very well. And I never, I just now told him about the trivium method being an ancient way of getting to the truth about anything. First thing you have to do is take in a variety of eclectic information and not judge it ahead of time. You just take the information in. And then the second stage is where you uh, compare the information and filter out inconsistencies and connect dots and and judge whether or not it's true, but you can't get to that stage if you didn't absorb the information. And you don't want to just brush something off because you don't like it. The more information you can get, the better. And then you'll eventually you'll reach the point where you're like, well, I kind of can tell that's probably not true. But at that, you know, there's so much information out there. There's infinity information. So nobody can look at all the same information. Maybe when you start your podcast, you should call it Trivium. Well, that's a good one. Very good one. I've got a, I've got a trivium level of podcast uh, combinations to recommend to anybody if you want to ask me what podcast I listen to. Right. I can give so you a many. whole spread of different kinds of information that when you put it all together, you get a really interesting big picture. There's so many. There's more than you can ever listen to already. Yeah. I'm going to start listening to Chance's podcast because it's local in the Springfield, Missouri area. At least listen to this episode. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to post it on my Facebook and I'll try to get the word out. No, you should quit Facebook and get on alternative social media and oh. literally give Facebook no more of your energy than maybe one day a week. Yeah. I know that that's yeah, a little don't, don't preachy. Get on, don't get too it's much a on little that. preachy. It damages but, your brain too, Facebook does. Oh yeah. I know I can <laughs> I can tell this just intuitively looking at it because you can see how many different types of information are coming at you from different directions. All of it about judging. Yeah, burn your brain out. The cell phone addict sy- syndrome is real. <laughs> yeah. Um that's why I preach Steam it. Steam it is I told you it was very Reddit-esque in the way that the posts are organized, but the actual posts themselves are full-on um, HTML-style code markdown ability to give a blog all the different paragraph styles and headings you might ever want and the embed pictures and videos and um, music players right there in the post exactly how you want it. You could have a long thing to scroll through with pictures and captions and things to hit play on. and it's all generating um, value for the owner of the content instead of your content being what gives value to the big system, things like Facebook or Twitter. They yeah, have no value of their own. They create nothing. Facebook, like they send, you know, the police or something have instant access to a lot of this stuff to the NSA. Like they, I think they're going to write it in the law that 
all of the government agencies can now access all of the information that NSA has already collected. So that means they like know everything about you for the last 10 or 15 years. Well, now that the Vault 7 <laughs> stuff is leaked, it doesn't matter if they could or couldn't. Now they can because any any organization that has a sufficiently um, skilled enough computer department and technology behind it could access all the CIA's spying programs. Yeah, and the using. military, like last year, I remember Alex Jones kept going on about it. It was this. Alex Jay Jones Hel is real, folks. Was this Jade Helm stuff? It was like mastering the human uh, domain or something. Jade Helm with the military and all those states, a few of them down south. The whole purpose of the drill, though, was for civilian, domestic, uh, setting up, you know, a standing army in civilian populated areas and then starting to observe all of the behaviors of the citizens and just, you know, making, keeping an eye on everybody. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, and we're going to use Facebook, of course. We'll use all the data information we can collect. And it's means. a way to discredit um, real information outlets by leaking information about the operation going to be bigger or be something else. And then uh, you can discredit the people who are trying to speak the truth because you've fed them something yeah. that ended up right. lie. And by the way, all uh, drugs are illegal. So uh, if anyone's growing cannabis, we'll just send the military after you. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what Donald Trump does, but I, I don't know about him because... I don't think his, he's going to go after weed. Well, man. one of his he, he's about he's about making money and making deals, and I and also he's a rich billionaire guy. He's probably done every drug ever. I'm well, sure he knows that weed is not really that big a deal. By definition, I don't trust any politician. Fair enough. Yeah. Nor should we have a president. Right. Of course. See, this is what this is the first red flag with Donald Trump is he's running for president. Like, why would you do that? You know, he might he might help the system out. Seems like it'd be better than Hillary Clinton. Definitely seems like it because Hillary Clinton is like a, a child rapist. She's bad. <laughs> he could, he could, re, he could, um, represent a return of a certain type of the masculine energy. It's not a perfected form or harmonious form of the masculine yeah, energy. Not perfected. <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I know no one wants to hear about Donald Trump that much, but honestly, the fact that the mainstream media hates him so much and yeah. freaks out so much, that There's seems to be a really it. good There's sign. Some, you, were, you were calling him the Joker, and I think that's the Trump you know, card. Some, yeah, the Trump card and the Joker. Somehow he Joker's got the wild, yeah. <laughs> and, no, no, no. Well, they inserted. Now, you should go back and listen to some of Seven Bomar's stuff about, um, like, the number 52, like 52 weeks in a year, 52 cards in the deck, like the way that the entire matrix that we're in uh, – was created around the time of the Civil War and also about that time was when the Jokers were added to the playing card deck. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a super in-depth knowledge of it. My buddy Chris Abert is really well-versed in this kind of thing. And um, he's working on a podcast. I'm going to suggest him to well, get in I've touch with you. i Chris, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he goes to New Haven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's cool. I like Chris. I didn't know. Oh, didn't Chris has deep level of knowledge. He's still working on the first episodes of his. I believe he's making more than one episode before he releases so that he can have like bam, bam, bam. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to get my first guest. <laughs> probably uh, a name I thought of was Nathan's Freedom Zone. <laughs> cool. So what I would do is just like talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm not going to say I'll tell you what to talk about on the radio. If I don't like you, I guess I won't invite you back. You know, if you're a dick. But <laughs> Nathan's we'll Freedom Zone, I like it. I naturally, everywhere I go, I just talk about freedom and the difference between right and wrong because I want to get into the higher dimensions, and I know that's how you get there. It's like you have to say the right words, magic words, and if people hear them on the internet, that's that's you just casted a spell. 
you know, the people listening to this radio station right now, there's a spell being cast on you and me and Chance are doing it. And what we're trying to get to, I think you'll like the place that we're going. Because I'll, I'll be real upfront with the spell that I'm casting right now. Here's the spell. All you got to do is repeat this to yourself multiple times in a day. Are you ready? I love myself. I am strong. I am capable of changing anything I want to change. I am enough. I am not, I don't need to judge people. I don't need to judge myself. Really, the, the few things I just said, that's enough to be a magic spell. I could keep going with the affirmative things, but literally, words do, do matter. Right. <laughs> it's just that, like, just try it. Like, even if you think that nothing could happen that was good by just repeating, I love myself. Just try it. What do you have to lose? Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, that is magic. Um, Mark Passio, one of his things he says is that the world is created through words. So you just say the right ones and repeat them everywhere you go. Couldn't go wrong. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to have an experience like this without a language to interface through. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get to the level where you're just telepathic. That'd yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, we're... We're in this interesting in-between phase right now where there's a little of both, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Words are cool, too. They're all good. Just don't get hung up, you know, if you don't like the label the person uses. I'm uh, Personally, I guess what I'll say is I'm not in a hurry to, like, reach some kind of ascension or completely get merged with Source or anything like that. I really enjoy the journey we're on together. I want to take as many people with us on on the up and up as we can. Well, that's a big part of it is when, you know, once you learn, now you can relax because you learned that lesson and now we can just forget about all of the stress that not knowing it caused. Now you can do whatever you want. That's what I want to get to. The time when I can do whatever I want all the time. <laughs> but you can do it some of the time now. Well, I can. I'll, I'll I think just, you already know that with your art. I'll remind everybody that if you want to help me do whatever I want more of the time, then you can get on Patreon patreon.com slash interverse and pledge to the show. You can also wind up being a guest on the show through Patreon. There's a lot of ways we can help each other. Mostly the stuff that I'm offering is maybe more on an informational or entertainment or artistic uh, vibe, but you know, financial support linking it back to the show, even $1 that symbolizes your conscious decision that this type of thing should exist in the world. And yeah. uh, it, it means a lot more than just $1. Right, right, because one dollar actually doesn't mean anything. Pledge over. They, they or plug over. Uh, the whole money situation has totally ruined everything because it's like you can't even do anything now without having to pay somebody. You know what I mean? Well, this show is totally free, but if you want to pay the show, you help it grow. They don't even let you sleep without paying money. Like if you just decided you were going to sleep for six months because you're that kind of guy. It would be like, wait, you haven't paid your bills. It's, it's, it's energy <laughs> vampirism. Anyone that, anyone that's like charging you for something that you don't agree to up front is an energy vampire. Yeah. And maybe if we you had agree a money to system, it, but only because if you don't, they'll kill you. That's right. kind of how it is. But if we had a system, if, you know, if we were in a small community and we had these coins that were just called, they're called Nate coins. Right. And, uh, everyone that had Nate coins could trade them for coconuts. Right. And we all agreed on that. Then there's nothing wrong with the money. Well, it's when you start implementing systems of usury and you start implementing mm-hmm. taxation without representation. All yeah, of that and good old. When you demand that everybody around has to be on the system, whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah. We own everything because the money says so and it's written on paper. It means we own everything. 
And what, who are we even? We're just corporations. We're not even an individual person claiming to own everything. It's like, uh, Shell Oil owns million, uh, millions of acres because this paper says, and everybody listens to the piece of paper, I guess. Not everybody. See, a lot of people see through this. Well, the uh, Native Americans, when Europeans came, they all thought that the Europeans were insane with a particular type of mental illness where they thought that they could own the earth. Well, it is a mental illness. And then that mental illness pervaded to pretty much everybody I in mean, the culture. Property rights are a fundamental aspect of natural law. Like if you're using a piece of land and you live there and you're taking care of it and kind of guarding it, maybe you put a fence around it, then this is a real concept and, you know, it's your land. And one of the natural law violations is called trespassing, which means you go into another person's lair and you're getting into their space without being invited. To Let me back up real quick. There's a precedent for this in nature, right? Because animals yeah. mark out territory and guard their territory. Exactly. It's a real thing. It does work that way. And, you know, if you're living in a space and somebody else is claiming that they own it, especially if you can't even point to who the person is and they're not doing any of the work around there and, you know, they're just threatening you, well, then that's... Uh, not that's called slavery and the correct way to get out of slavery is to say no to the masters you have to stand up for yourself and become independent you know stop relying on their system like you you have to grow your own food you know everything has to be local now it's like the government first of all is not supposed to exist but you want it to be as local as possible like you you know you and your friends all decide what in there you have to get in line with natural law the closer we get to the true universal spiritual laws, there'll be less and less government and control and nobody will even need it because nobody will be hurting anyone at that point because it's a choice. You know? Right. Yeah. The more that we all learn to recognize self in one another as being the same exact self experiencing something from a different perspective, the less likely there would be for anyone to really fuck each other over. I mean... Yeah, right. We we all go a lot farther in a cooperation model than a, in a, than a competition model, and like evolutionary, evolutionarily, um, as a group, we are the only viable option is the altruism model, right? Because the alternative, the the ego first, like me, 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 take from you, fuck you, this is mine, mm-hmm. um, get like the scare. That's where that game only can even be played with the illusion of scarcity being implemented yeah. because in reality, like the natural law, the evolutionary history of humans, we existed in a state where nobody could really control someone else because what are you going to do? Keep them from eating tonight? They just go out and get their own food. They know what to do. Yeah. They make their own shirt. They don't need you to help them build a hut. Like they're fine. Yeah. What David Icke calls the three D's, uh, <clears throat> Slavery is dread, where you're completely in fear. Dependency, where, you know, you depend on your masters. And debilitation, where you can't take care of yourself. If they get those three Ds, you just take away that. You know, stop being afraid. Start taking care of yourself and being responsible. And get off of their systems, if you can. And demand that they let you off. Because nobody has a right to tell you you're, you're my slave. 
whether or not they, they can't do it, they can only make you think that they can well, do yeah, it. They can't do it. They because they trick they, you into thinking that you don't have an option, but you always have the choice. Yeah, they want you to give their consent because if they take your rights without your consent, they get horrible karma. You agree and, to the terms of service. <laughs> right, right. If they can just trick you into being their slave, well, it's not as bad, I guess, <laughs> for them. But you know, we can just we can say no anytime we want. It's the magic word of all power in the universe is the word no. And if people don't learn how to say it, then you know, we got we gotta learn how. It's, it's the sacred masculine. Stand up for yourself. That's what I like about you ever seen Chris Dyer's artwork? Oh. He likes to do a lot of things that are like yes on one side, no on the other. I love any I love that kind of uh balance to be shown in, yeah. in artwork a lot. Right. You gotta, yin yang, the yin yang is like the same deal, I guess. Learn what to say yes to, because there's plenty of things that you should say yes to. Lots of things. More things probably than to say no. Actually, uh, infinity things you could say yes to, and just a few different categories of stuff that you should always say no to. And because evil is a distortion in the system. It's not really like the negative part of the vibration or the oscillation that we can, that we call negative is really just like in a balanced in a balanced system, it's not really yeah, harmful. It's so, just an energy source to be transmuted into the other side. I don't. I can't tell you. I know all the truths in the universe, but it seems like evil is there because you have free will, and if you want to go back to evil, just do it. You know, it's your, your choice. You always learn. Yeah, evil. Well, evil also hastens the enlightenment process for some because. The system has so many self-correcting measures that you'll just be essentially yeah, like smote. God doesn't want you to be a robot and not have any free will. That's why evil exists. It's, yeah, go play around in it if you want to see what happens. But you know that you didn't make the rules. And you always get the same consequence every time. And you ain't going to like it. <laughs> well, actually, so. with evil, you are making the rules. You are putting yourself above others and hurting others for your own personal right. gain, which means that's the rules. Other people play by those rules and you get crushed back. Right. I mean, you always are actually making the rules. That's the, the misconception about when people bring up the idea of God or a maker or a creator. It's not like he built this make God or the it, whatever it is, made made some matrix that's like a prison system that you have to follow all these rules for. The natural law exists because that's our agreement with one another that that's how things are supposed to be. Yeah. And that's how it is in this particular reality tunnel, this planet we call Earth. And we, we, like when we all came here as a, uh, as a group of souls, uh, human, like humans were just coming out of being monkeys, you know, so like we're, we're here to advance these human these human beings, you know, we're souls that are from an outside place in, in a way that are like, our great work is to make a suitable, a suitable, a suitable home for us whenever we're away from our spiritual home, which is non-physical. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to live in a crappy home? Exactly. Yeah, a really good one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like why, why, uh, why live in like an apartment whenever you could, even if you have, you can just go camping for a long time. <laughs> Mark Passio has a really funny way of saying it. He's like, humanity could have made anything we wanted to out of this place. And we chose to create a prison. <laughs> My friend, Justin, <laughs> Justin is a listener to the show, supporter on Patreon. Shout out Justin McGuffey. He always, he's told me maybe once or twice about a dream he had where David Ike was standing next to a horse and, uh, like there was like some kind of uh chalk line on the ground or some like really short fence. And David Icke is yelling at Justin, look, humanity is just like this horse. It's been trained to not go past this line, but all it has to do is just walk past the line. Yeah. And uh, it was like, I, it was like, 
It's such an interesting thing. You were talking about how we can communicate each other, communicate with each other through the imagination realm. Like his David Icke through Justin's connection to his work manifests himself in Justin's dream. Justin explains the dream to me. And then it comes through in my imagination because it kept popping up in my mind whenever you'd bring up David Icke. And I wasn't going to just necessarily just say it, but this was a perfect place to insert that. That's another synchronicity. Seven Bomar talks about going into dreams and he said it talks to me all the time he's accessible if you ping him oh yeah just in yeah your mind. i thought i've done this i thought i did it one time with mark passio just try it more often you could just yeah. yeah just think what would they say whenever you respond what, well seven you don't even have to own, think man. so he said when he dreams he just goes to these different dimensions and he starts doing the great work again yeah yeah he's like well now we're in this dream so that means i have to keep doing the great work yeah, I've heard I've heard him describe <laughs> that. He'll and he'll come back to the same dream, the same place, until he finishes his work there, and then he'll start dreaming of another place. Yeah, and then he gets back into this this dream where, and now he already knows because he had such a great dreams last night because he knows the codes to how to make them really great. Now he's back in this dream and he's in a really good mood and he's ready to do the great works more. Yeah, it's a positive <laughs> feedback loop once you're in it. You're right. It is. See, I think. This is called the dark night of the soul is where you're suffering a lot and you don't understand why. And that's part of the process. You know, everyone, I guess, has to go through it. Maybe you choose to. Well, it'll always, and we'll always choose it again, even after we've gotten out of it, because it's a, the whole, the whole particular game of this, this type of reality is like charge, discharge. It's so weird. It is, uh, that's a good one though. Charge, discharge. Everything's breathing in, breathing out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or another well, way of putting it, the whole universe is a black canvas being written on with white chalk until yes, it's completely yes. white. And then it's white that gets written on with black ink until it's completely black. And it just goes back and forth. You write a story right, until yeah. it's all filled up. Yeah. Um, who is it that's Walter Russell in his book, The Secret of Light, talks about there being two colors and one's male and one's female. I guess the white would be male and the black, you know, and the white likes to suck into these tight little balls. And then the black is the space where there's the same amount of matter, I guess, but it's sucking it out of the earth. So the earth, and which is God, it's all a hologram. It's pulled out by the black part, and it does whatever it wants to in there, which I guess the experience that we're having now. Well, it's recombinated, recombined into new forms and expressions, and then when it comes back out on the white side, it creates novelty and newness yeah. and new information, new experience. and uh, continues the infinite continuum. <laughs> Eventually you realize there's such a ridiculous amount of information that's already exists. And it's like, you're just a microcosm of that. But at the same time, there's so much that is just to you that there's no reason not to continue growing and helping other people. I think the reason you can keep coming back here in multiple incarnations and basically getting to choose your own adventure and essentially drive earth, whatever direction you want, and we even seem to be able to drive Earth in different directions somehow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, creating that Mandela effect or whatever it's called. Yeah. Right? It's called, uh, the fact that uh, that exists makes me think maybe this is really like a training simulated version of Earth that we're each getting our own copy of and that we can like ho- join a multiplayer game with each other in a sense whenever we, yeah. whenever yeah. we collaborate, but we don't have to play, you know, we can and go if the you same make direction. the right choices, you get parallel dimensions where I'm, and then the real Earth is where dimension. the map. The real earth is where you go when you master this and then you're actually in the place where all like where there's real consequences and real newness being created and real novelty. Because here 
Because here, even though you kind of can steer things where you want, there's really not actually anything new under the sun. Well, you, I think yeah. it's training for where you can go and actually create newness, but you have to know what the real cause and effect of these energies of, you know, the positive, negative male, female polarities before you even transcend yeah. up into the earth prime, if you will, and you yeah. can actually start creating real realms for yourself. Yeah. And when you get into those higher dimensions, you'll probably be spiritually rewarded with more uh, power and authority under national law to create faster and it'll be easier to create and things will start going your way. And then one day you screw up and accidentally poison yourself and wind up falling several levels down and sure. you're in this underworld again. Well, that's part of the process, but yeah. you're probably not going to fall as deep as you did last time. Definitely not. And if you do, what that means is, you know, now you're at a big lesson. And if you master this new lesson, it might take some time, but you'll get to even higher levels than you were before. Man, um, I like how we, I like what we just came to there. We're at about an hour. So okay. just because it's getting a little later on in the night and I'm, I got to go to, that sounds got to go to the cube tomorrow morning for, for session. Yeah. We'll definitely podcast more brother. Thank you for being on the show. Is there anything you want to draw people's attention to before we jump off of here? Oh uh, yeah. Just do the great work. Uh, follow natural law. Think about how you're creating here and take the power back and uh, love you all. I'll just say with great power comes great responsibility. As Spider-Man says, <laughs> okay. Much love everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time. So you made it all the way to the end of our conversation, did you? I'll play you out with this excellent Odyssey VIP remix by Moonfrog. I guess it's a VIP of his own song. Really good. I've been enjoying this tune for a while. It's been out since before this album. Anyway, if you want to give me like some kind of feedback about how the show is going please drop me a line interverse.podcast at gmail.com or message me on any social media I'd love to hear from you guys and also if you could and you have an iPhone and you want to do the show a favor help it grow go to the podcast app on your iPhone search for interverse podcast and leave a review just click write a review give it five stars and boom you're good to go or if you wanted to help the show with financial support and get some cool rewards in return, go to patreon.com forward slash interverse. And I think uh, that's all I got to ask from you. Thanks for listening to the show. Enjoy this moon frog.
as a bonus, I decided to throw in here at the very end a bit of a quote from Mark Passio, guy we've been talking about. And he's talking about truth. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Service to truth is required. Truth itself is eternal, can never be destroyed. But you know what? Humanity can be destroyed. We can be destroyed when we refuse to act in service to truth as her defenders. People say, oh, truth doesn't need to be defended. Nonsense. Truth needs to be defended at all times and places because the attack on it is never-ending and nonstop, continuous. And if we don't come to her defense, you know what happens? The voice of untruth and deception and evil and mind control rules the day. And the voice of truth doesn't get heard. Because the truth itself doesn't have a physical voice in the physical domain. You know, we have to be its mediums and we have to be its voice. It's possible for us to co-create a positive outcome in this scenario, but this can only be accomplished if we care enough to learn the truth ourselves and then we develop the courage to continuously speak it to other people until our voice of truth becomes a non-stop chorus like the voice of lies and deception and mind control has been for millennia on this planet. Courage is required. Samuel Adams encapsulated this brilliantly. He said, the liberties of our countries are worth defending at, at all hazards. It is our duty to defend them against all attacks. It will bring a mark of everlasting infamy on the present generation if we should suffer them to be wrested from us by violence without any struggle or to be cheated out of them by the artifices of designing men. If you love wealth greater than liberty, if you love the tranquility of servitude greater than the animating contest for freedom, then go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hand that feeds you. May your chains set lightly upon you and may posterity forget that you are ever our countrymen. Now that's about as powerful as it gets as far as I'm concerned. Because he's telling you, if your allegiance isn't to the truth and freedom, I don't want to know you. I don't want to know you. And we hope history forgets that you ever were with us at this time and place in history. And because you deserve to be forgotten. That's what he's saying here. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Persistence is required. Constant effort. We are the actual vehicles by which, tr- which truth, by which truth operates in the world. Therefore, it is our shared responsibility at this time to help to awaken others by continuously speaking the truth. Even if we feel burdened by this task, even if we feel no one is listening, and even if it makes all involved in this process feel uncomfortable. It's not about feeling comfort, folks. It's not about staying complacent. It's about shaking things up.